the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Cary Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, listen, with all this snow out there, and there's a lot of it, and it's going to be rough if you're in an accident today or someone you know, someone you work with, maybe a family member, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. There are certainly a number of accidents on the road, side streets. This type of weather, this is where you find accidents. If you're in an accident, whether it's a small dent or nearly total vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body, remember, they'll handle everything for you. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Now, on this snowy Thursday, if you find yourself in an accident, and it can be, people skid out, they slide into you, you're doing everything right, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. It's Kenny, it's Patricia, it's 1927, and they're easy to get to. They are located right off of uh, 95, 400 West Fountain Street, which is right in Providence, behind the Providence Public Safety Complex, so you're nice and safe. West Fountain Auto Body, call them first. They service all foreign domestic vehicles. Again, showroom-like condition when they finish with it. I brought vehicles there, friends, family, and then as many of you know, this summer, the uh, protesters uh, vandalized my vehicle, and I had it fixed at West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340. So today, tomorrow, this weekend, God forbid... But if you're in an accident, someone hits your vehicle and damages it, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. Well, folks, it is um, certainly a snowy Thursday. You want to be careful out there. I maintain this is one of those days that if you don't have to go anywhere, 
um, why venture out in this? You know, the less people on the road, the more that, first of all, it's still snowing out. And when you're talking uh, parts of, you know, the area, north part of the state, definitely, definitely a foot of snow. And when it's all done, hmm, certain areas, Cumberland could have 18 inches of snow, 14 inches of snow, snick 16 inches of snow. Um, that's a lot of snow out there. Um, obviously, you know, it's tough. People are locked down. But I think it's just one of those days that if you don't have to go anywhere, it's a good day to hang out, take it easy. If anything, I think we've become more accustomed to working from home, being able to do things that way, communicate that way. So I think it's different than it's been in the past. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not here to lecture, but I think it is one of those situations, the less people on the road, the more they can treat the roads, the more they can plow the roads. I mean, ideally, if you had substantial number of traffic, less traffic on the roads, say today, this afternoon into tonight, uh, by tomorrow, it really starts to free things up. And, you know, we want to, when you can, you still want to visit the local businesses. People want to do their shopping. And so visit West Fountain Auto Body. Now, again, folks, uh, we have nominations for Person of the Year. They are on the website, dipetro.com. Remember, dipetro.com is brought to you by Liberty Mobility West Warwick, the area's um, oldest and largest provider of pre-owned power wheelchairs and scooters. What a difference it makes in someone's life helping people return to mobility at an affordable price. You can link right through Liberty Mobility. Uh, get back your liberty with mobility. 5 Church Street, West Warwick. You can, again, link right through at the website. And uh, you can also call Paul Long and Kathy, 401-827-8800, 401-827-8800 for Liberty Mobility. They uh, have power wheelchairs and scooters and free pickup. So speak with them. And they also sometimes get them to people in need. Now, something to watch. The Governor Mundo press briefing is set for tomorrow. The governor, a little bit of a delayed reaction. But Fox and Friends were going after Governor Raimondo this morning. Um, nationally, they have been going after her with the mask and the wine and saying the line has basically been that Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo told people to stay home and then she was out and she was having a glass of wine with her mask off. You know, that's not wrong during the pause. But here's the thing that, that is a little unfair is the governor didn't want to shut the restaurants. She was just saying, listen, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. And by by the way, we, from what we understand and see, the numbers are going down during this pause. The governor didn't want to close the restaurants and didn't want to close stores. So technically, it is true. She did tell people, listen, if you don't have to go out, just try to stay home, hang out. But she she didn't say you cannot go to a restaurant at 8 o'clock at night. Um, the pause was really set at 10 o'clock. So as much as she's taking a beating, I still maintain, you know, it, it's more of the optics of it. The governor was actually following. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing here. But um, the photo of her with no mask and the one in front of her, that's what really set everything off. But I think that is interesting that on the, uh, the national news picking up on it, they're saying, you know, there's another Democrat and Governor Gina Raimondo told people to stay home, and yet there she is. That's partly true. They don't mention that she didn't close anything, that she didn't close anything. For, you know, the restaurants were open. She, if anything, has encouraged people shop locally. 
you know, visit the restaurants when you can, but just try to tell people if you can, and you don't have to go out, then then try to stay out. And I want to remind you folks, as the snow gets plowed, the place to pick up your uh, Christmas tree this year, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, located 3688 Quaker Land in North Kingstown. They have it all. Stop it and see them. Look for them on Facebook. And then uh, on their website is prmaterials.shop. A lot more ahead right here on this snowy Thursday on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508 508- 336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor, or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers where Rhode Island gets engaged. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, it's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. 
AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website to be dropped Time for our legal segment. You may have seen him on NBC 10. Uh, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. And uh, Tim, I got to hand it to you all along during this whole Brit situation. Uh, Jeff Britt on trial with money laundering. You were uh, uh, very uh, deferential to the to the prosecution and so forth. But basically, you were pretty adamant that you just did not see in the Rhode Island Constitution our laws uh, that they would apply the charges against campaign operative Mattiello, campaign uh, Jeff Britt. And today we've been waiting, and I thought it was a little bit of a tip-off, well, on, on Wednesday with Judge Procassini, uh not making Mr. Britt travel up from Florida, and the judge uh, in and out a report, and um, we're uh, anxious to hear your thoughts on it. Yes, John. It It's not really a surprise that the judge um, – found Mr. Britt not guilty on both charges. We had talked about um, when the trial was concluding that Bob Carrenti correctly pounded and pounded on the language contained in the money laundering statute. Um, It's clear what the statute intends to do, but if you read it carefully, including all of the commas and the colons and the semicolons and the subsections, it can really be seen as not hanging together as a clear, unambiguous statute, which clearly informs people as to what the elements of the crime are. Um, The judge agreed with uh, Bob Carrenti and found that the statute was constitutionally deficient. Um, That's pretty serious language to say that the language was constitutionally deficient. Um, the judge, I read his decision, it's a 34-page decision, and as I had suggested would be the case, Judge Procassini is a fine, fine judge. Um, he calls things as he sees them. He has a lot of intestinal fortitude. He's more than willing to make the tough call. He's more than willing to make an unpopular call. In this case, John, he found serious credibility issues with some of the witnesses who testified against Jeff Brett. Hmm. When a judge is sitting as, uh, when the judge is sitting without a jury, the judge interprets the law, but he's also the fact finder and he has broad discretion in determining the credibility of the witnesses. And he went through in his decision credibility problems he had with all of the witnesses that were involved. He had problems with Victor Prochette. He had problems with Ed Coutinho. He had big problems with Matt Jerzyk. He had problems with Eddie Coutinho's wife. Um, He had problems with everyone. And in his decision, he took the time to quote trial transcripts as to the questions and answers that he was concerned with in terms of how these folks were testifying. He ultimately found that um, the state's case was, quote, woefully short, close quote, in proving the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, So for this judge, it wasn't even a close call. I thought there was at least a chance that Britt would be convicted on the misdemeanor charge, which seemed much more straightforward. 
But the judge even found um, problems from a criminal um, um, evidence standpoint with the whole travel of um, um, Brit allegedly giving money to Pachette and where the money went from there and what was the purpose for the money. The judge, I think, this found that the, the government's case was a bit garbled and they never quite hit the bullseye. Um, it's an extraordinary result in many respects, however. The state had to know going into this thing that they were relying on a statute which had really never been interpreted or taken out for a test drive in a criminal courtroom trial setting. The judge commented during the course of the trial that he was doing research and that he was troubled by the statute. And in his decision, his 34-page decision, he took the time to sort of do a survey of other money laundering statutes in different states around the country and found that compared to other states, um, statutes which had a great deal of specificity, that our statute was very general. It only defined one crime, not different levels of crime, depending on the amount of money that was involved. And, and correctly pointed out that many of these money laundering uh, statutes around the country were an offshoot of the federal RICO um, legislation, which was utilized to um, take on organized crime, which obviously runs very large-scale money laundering operations. The fact that the state had to know that this case had problems, and not, that notwithstanding, before trial, they offered Mr. Britt five years with 18 months to serve at the ACI. Wow. Um, it, it made it easy for Britt to say, no way, I'll take this thing to trial. If they had looked for probation or something more innocuous, Britt might have said, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't want to spend money for a trial. I'll take the short, easy um, deal, even something that may not have resulted in a criminal conviction, something like probation. But when the state's saying five years, 18 months to serve, one oh. would have thought before the trial started, wow, they must have this case dead to rights. Right. They must have this all lined up and ready to go. And that was never the case. So was it a bluff that the state thought he would capitulate? Right. Was it was it hubris that they thought the case was better than it actually was? Mm. It, it's hard to say. Now, Bob Carrente did a great job. There's no question about it. Yep. He was complaining, though, how it was that only Brit um, was prosecuted and none of the other folks who were uh, the top levels of the um, Mattiello re-election campaign uh, were not um, charged criminally. You'll recall that this case all starts with an investigation by the Board of Elections. Yep. Um, Brandon Bell sees some shenanigans going on. He files a complaint. The Board of Elections investigates. Ultimately, the Board of Election issues subpoenas to the various folks involved in the Mattiello campaign, um, to Mr. Britt, to Mr. Jerzyk, to Shauna Lawton. Many people were requested to provide information. 
most of those people who were subpoenaed stonewalled, they balked, they tried to not cooperate. Yeah, um, or ignored it. Ignore yeah. it because nothing like this had ever been happening before the Board of Elections. They never flexed their muscle, which they really do have, to force compliance with their subpoenas. However, ultimately, the other folks who were subpoenaed ultimately did come in from the cold and did provide information. I'm not sure the extent of Mr. Britt's cooperation, but whatever he said or failed to say led the Board of Elections to identify him and only him as the person who should be looked at for further potential prosecution by the Attorney General's office. So mm. the Board of Elections apparently didn't see that Shauna Lawton should be prosecuted or that Matt Jerzyk should be prosecuted or any of the other folks who were involved at the higher level of the Mattiello re-election campaign. So, or Leo Skenyon, who was running the campaign, who I think, Tim, the judge listed that he, Skenyon didn't even go in front of the grand jury, which is surprising. Well, it's very curious that neither, yeah. Nick, neither Nick Mattiello nor Leo Skenyon was put wow. in front of the grand jury. Hmm. Those are tactical decisions made by the attorney general's office which now is, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks, we can question. But um, one guy who did testify before the grand jury was Matt Jerzyk. And then when he testified at trial, his uh, testimony was somewhat inconsistent and the judge yeah. didn't make note of that. So I think that Leo Skenyon and, and Nick Mediello, for whatever reason, um, dodged a bullet not having to testify before the grand jury. Um, mm. It was a difficult case. It was always going to be a tough case. I thought they were going to find, I thought the judge was going to find guilty for the um, misdemeanor, but the right. judge just didn't buy the case. Um, mm. This is not a case which will, can be appealed by the prosecution. This is the end of the case. Mr. Britt walks away a free man with his reputation, I guess, intact from a criminal liability standpoint you know, from a professional standpoint or a guy involved in election campaigns, I can't speak to what this whole thing has done to his reputation. And in terms of what's happened to Nick Mattiello, I mean, the election's over. So the damage from his perspective has already been done. This, yep. this, this verdict by the court is really just a coda. It's just the end of a very um, unfortunate series of unforced errors for his campaign. Tim Dodd, before we take a break, it's it still doesn't solve the problem that I mean there there were certainly shenanigans going on with the campaign and the whole way that the money came about for Lawton and who knew about the mailer who didn't know about it all those things but it, it, is this a situation where maybe the law needs to be tightened up a little bit? Oh, absolutely, John. The the judge is basically telling the General Assembly they've got to tighten up this statute. The problem wasn't so much. Look, was a small amount of money utilized in a way that those using the money tried to disguise the source of the funds, who it came from, and what the money was being used for? Did they try to hide the identity? Did they try to disguise the identity? Disguise, in my view, yes, they did. And I don't think the judge would say that wasn't proven, but the elements of the statute weren't proven. Mm. So that becomes the real problem. 
So Peter Narona has come out and said, listen, we're going to continue to go after what we see, what we see as uh, corrupt practices in our election processes. And he should continue to go after such things. Because if he doesn't, you know, we've seen shenanigans in the 2020 election. Uh, this 2016 thing was really small potatoes versus what's been happening nationally. But law enforcement and the AG's office does have to keep looking at this. But money laundering cases will never be proved to the point of convicting a defendant unless the General Assembly does something about this. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Well, Tim, the uh, president still continues. Sidney Powell is out there. Rudy Giuliani's out there. The Trump faithful are uh, rooting for something to come up. But so far, they um, have just not come up seemingly with anything uh, successful. Yes, I think that the president is kind of out of cards to play. Um, His best shot was getting the United States Supreme Court to take some action on the Texas case, which we discussed last week, was a direct cause of action filed in the Supreme Court because our Constitution does allow for certain actions by one state against another state. So... Texas sued the other states that were the uh, battleground states. I think it was Michigan, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and um, Wisconsin. The Supreme Court didn't want to hear it. 
the president tried a different tack before the Wisconsin Supreme Court this week, which I thought had a lot more substance. All of these cases around the country where Trump's attorneys have been saying there's election fraud, there's election fraud, the court says, show us the proof. Yep. It's hard to show. You can show things anecdotally. You can show people taking yeah. suitcases out from under tables. You can show people yep. running ballots through a machine allegedly twice. But you can't, in this short amount of time, basically 40 days between the election and the um Electoral College, it's very hard to put together a case where you're trying to show and prove a lot of cute tricks, which allegedly were done by Trump's opponents. But when we look to Wisconsin, John, in that case, the allegation wasn't so much that there was fraud in counting the votes, and it was not that there were fraud in the people who did vote, such as people voting twice or dead people voting, the standard thing that you would think of. The Wisconsin case went directly after the fact that all of the changes in the election procedures, the paper ballots, the no signature requirements, the no notary requirements, were not enacted by the Wisconsin legislature. They were enacted by the Board of Elections and some things were done by the governor and some things by, the, I believe, the Secretary of State. So these rule changes in the election processes should have been um, generated from the uh, legislative branch of uh, state government in Wisconsin. It didn't happen that way. So the allegation was you got to throw out the results because the election was totally compromised by these unauthorized yep. changes. The Wisconsin Supreme Court dismissed the appeal Trump was one vote short from getting a majority, which would have been a very provocative development, but it didn't happen. But the judges in the minority who voted to let the case proceed had some pretty scathing comments, which have been somewhat widely reported, but I think it's worth touching on a few of them. One of the judges said that the court's failure to act leaves an indelible stain on this election. You know, it, the, the message being a, lot, a large portion of the population thinks there was fraud, thinks that the election was compromised. Yeah. And the judge said, letting this stand will allow these same types of things to happen in the future. And it has a direct impact on the rule of law because the court basically turned a blind eye to these unauthorized election modifications, which didn't come from the legislature. Most astonishingly, um, in um, the state of Wisconsin, the court also scolded the Trump team on the legal theory, what we call latches, L-A-C-H-E-S. Latches is, I think it's a Latin term, which implies in the law that Latches applies if you fail to act in a reasonable time. So if you wait too long to assert your rights, the court will say, hey, latches applied, applies here, uh, counselor. You waited too long yep. to bring your action, so you're out. How latches could apply when you've got a 40-day window to litigate, try to prove fraud, go after the um, election procedures? I don't think latches was appropriately... Um, brought up by the court 
and I don't think it was appropriate to admonish Trump's attorneys on that basis. The last thing I'd say on this from the from the Wisconsin Supreme Court's perspective, one of the judges who dissented said, and it was kind of clever language, that by ruling the way the Wisconsin Supreme Court did, it's a continued demonstration of judicial activism. And this activism was activism by taking no action. So the court basically turned a blind eye and said, we're not going to do anything about this. They didn't get to the merits. They didn't get to the substance of Trump's arguments. They didn't get to the substance of whether or not the election rules were improperly or illegally modified. They just said, we're not going to hear it. So they took no action. They basically said, you're too late. We're not doing anything. And to me, I think when the, the dissenting judge says that that's an example of activism, it's almost by doing nothing, they allow this um, situation to continue and to fester versus having a full blown out hearing on what is the merit of the allegations being made. They just knocked it out saying you're too late. And I, I, I disagree. Yeah. I, who knows if Trump would have been successful, but to knock it out saying you're too right. late, I think was improper. Yeah. You know, Tim, before we take a break, uh, even just going locally, it's um, it's really interesting about election law because I'll, I'll just and again, I've been supportive of the Rhode Island Republican Party. They, it's it's like they it's like they're pacing out in front of the, the place on the sidewalk. They, they actually it's seeming they don't know what to do. I mean, it doesn't seem to make sense. Five hundred twenty thousand people voted supposedly in the middle of a pandemic and they could say oh well we made it easier and everything else but everything they were trying to do was just rejected by the board of elections and so they just like quietly went off into the night but i i just i do you think is it because of the whole element of the privacy of the vote it just seems to give them meaning like a board of elections a lot of leeway of not allowing access because um I think I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find another example where I just sense a lot of frustration. And I mean, especially locally, they, they couldn't even they couldn't even get to first base on trying to get some answers on anything. Well, yes. After the election, very difficult. But I think that in many cases, the ability of the loser to challenge the re results and to ask for recounts and to ask to examine the ballots there's got to be a certain low percentage spread between the winner and loser. And most of these cases oh. in Rhode Island were relatively speaking blowouts, like, you know, 65, yeah. 35, 70, 30, things like right. that, where it's not going to make a difference if you find a few uh, mistaken ballots. But what I find curious, John, you'll recall Nellie Gorbea wanted to change. Yep. Um, the election requirements with paper ballots, with no sig no witnesses and no notaries. And COVID Correct. gave her the perfect storm to make a run at getting these yep. changes. She took it to the Board of Elections. Our Board of Elections properly said, no way, we're not going to go along with these changes. They said no. Right. So she goes to federal court and she gets a lot of groups behind her. And uh, Judge McElroy says, no, no, I think that these changes are necessary because of this emergency pandemic. And boom, the election laws changed. I don't recall anyone who was in opposition to um, Gorbea's um, petition before the federal court 
arguing, wait a minute, it's not for Nelly Gorbea to change the rules. It's up to the legislature to change the rules. Now, the, the right. legislature was, has been um, missing in action this whole year because of COVID, but I don't recall yep. the issue of the constitutionality of the process to modify election processes mm. ever being brought up. Now, I'm not criticizing counsel who were involved in the case. I just don't recall anyone bringing it up, and that seems to be the most yeah. elementary part of this whole discussion that it's got to be a legislative act to change the voting requirements and methods so and and not only that again before we go to the break uh the secretary of state has said this was the quote perfect election and from now on she thinks that should be the way the elections are done with the non-notarized mail ballots and 20 days of early voting and everything else and my goodness, uh, what well, started out as an emergency is now becoming like, well, that's the way that we do well, it. Yeah, it's a, so, folks, quick break. A lot. No, it's, it's once once the envelope is pushed further and further, it's very difficult yeah. to pull it back for just the reasons you sure said. Is. And I think the precedent yeah. that this election cycle has set, if we don't modify it back to something more realistic, um, there'll never be confidence in any re- oh. election results again. No. Yeah. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today. 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service. YankeeTreeService.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028. 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers where Rhode Island gets engaged. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. 
You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident... First thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, your reaction, were you surprised the resignation of the attorney general, Bill Barr? And also, um, boy, the Trump people really seemed caught off guard that, it, it wasn't their imagination. The information was correct. There was an investigation going on with Hunter Biden this whole time. President was upset. He was saying, you know, at least Jim Comey came forward and said, no, we are looking at the emails. But I, I got to admit, I was surprised. I mean, Vice President Biden could stand on that debate stage and say there's nothing happening. And instead, this this investi- investigation of Hunter Biden has been going on for two years. It, it's troubling that. Well, I think that Bill Barr, on balance, was a pretty good AG. He came in yep. um, and righted the, the ship of the Department of Justice in many aspects, which had been completely out of control. He seemed like the sure hand, the experienced, pro- he had previously been the AG, um, and he brought a lot of good elements to the table he at the appropriate time really was a defender of the president when the uh, Mueller report came out, uh, when he basically gave his spin to what was and was not contained in that report. If you recall at the time when he was sort of backing up the president's position, he got slammed in the media for being a cheerleader for the president. And he was acting like the president's personal lawyer versus the representative, the head of the department of justice. So he got kicked around pretty well when it suited the press to do so. It seems to me, and it's a very difficult um, situation to, to balance, if you think there was election fraud, and if you think that you know lies were told by the Democrat candidate during the election cycle and that the media is, is not going to report it because they're not reporters, they're simply partisans, I guess the Republican side of the aisle can continue to play by the rules and, you know, be gentlemen about the whole process, but they're in a snake pit where gentlemanly behavior is not going to win the day. And if they want to behave like gentlemen going forward um, and, and not, um, be a little bit more forward in their positions, they're going to get creamed in the future there would have been ways yeah. for this information to get out. Now you've got Durham saying, Oh no, no, I can't have my report come out during an election cycle. You've got Bill Barr saying, Oh no, no, we can't have this Hunter Biden stuff coming out during an election cycle. 
Um, the other side doesn't seem to play by the same rules at all, at all, at all. So mm. if the Republicans want to play the game with one hand tied behind their back, they're destined to lose um, for the foreseeable yeah. future. I think that Barr was right if you want to, you know, play the game by the rules according to Hoyle. But in the real world, I think that he did the president a disservice. He did. Two other stories we want to touch on. One is this um, kind of interesting, certainly bill out of Oregon, that um, this relief bill for African-Americans, Tim. Yeah, that, it's, this is a really unusual story from an unusual state, if, if we can say Oregon's an odd place. Um, it's probably the it most is. leftist um, state in the union, yeah. or if not the most, one of the most. Uh, in terms of some of the federal relief money that's been earmarked for Texas, for Texas um, citizens and for Texas, excuse me, for, I said Texas, I meant Oregon businesses or Oregon citizens, Oregon has determined that this federal money intended for businesses and citizens will only be utilized if you are black for no one else. That is, in my view, blatantly unconstitutional. It violates the Equal Protection Clause. There's no rationale that says if a white-owned business and an Asian-owned business and a black-owned business are all suffering to the same degree because of you know, business losses brought on by this pandemic, that only the black business can receive federal relief funds. But that's what Oregon intends. I know that the Oregon um, determination on this has been appealed for the court system. Problem is the Oregon courts are so liberal, the objectors might have to go through several, several levels of appeal to get to a reviewing court who is going to look at this from a legal standpoint and not as some sort of a social engineering standpoint, which is what Oregon legislators appear to be trying to do. You can't try to correct racial um, injustices of the past by instilling and invoking new racially um, biased programs going forward. That will never pass a constitutional challenge. So it just shows that there are very strange things going on on the West Coast, on the left coast, if you will. Um, it's it's a staggering development, and the fact that legislators think that this will pass muster from a legal standpoint is just astonishing. Do they do they really yeah. think that this is constitutional, or are they just pandering for votes? Mm-hmm. Right. And finally, um, this is a really interesting story about Brown University that uh, certainly has been going back and forth. Lately. Yes, Brown University has been involved in Title IX litigation back into the late 80s and early 90s. Um, the Title IX battle started over women's sports. It's morphed into many other things that we've talked about, um, including having Title IX officers on campus to be sort of the traffic cops for allegations of um, sexual misconduct by one student against another student, and that's taken on a whole life of its own. But the Title IX determination back in the late 80s, early 90s, set Brown on a course to um, obligate Brown to offer 
a sufficient level and number of sports opportunities and participation opportunities for women to be equal to men. As time has progressed, it's become increasingly difficult um, for Brown to offer the appropriate funding uh, for these sports for women. And some of them were, it, it's very different if you're funding like a, a football team versus um, an equestrian team versus a fencing team. They all require different uh, sums of money um, to um, allow the sport to be participated in. So Brown recently had cut back five of the women's sports programs, which led uh, the ACLU to bring new litigation saying, you've got to put all those sports programs back. Ultimately, a determination was made that two of the five can come back, three are eliminated, but there'll be no further eliminations for, I believe, the next five years. This becomes a situation of how do you continue to fund these things? And Title IX requires, come hell or high water, that Brown has to offer these programs and has to pay for them, whatever the cost and whatever the, the, the cost is then to have students pay ever-increasing uh, tuitions. Brown, I think, is trying to balance the interest of women's sports versus financial realities. And I think the fact that... Um, the litigants in this case allowed a settlement to go through where only two of the five sports were revived is a recognition of some of the financial realities and fi financial constraints that Title IX is putting on colleges around the country to force them to spend money for sports which may or may not be popular, may or may not be money makers, and may or may not have a lot of student interest. Um, Title IX is great. It's a great theory, but financial reality always seems to um, rear its head and require changes to be made in what uh, theoreticians want to happen in an ideal world. Well, one thing we certainly found with COVID is um, if you don't have college football, college football, that's what really stirs the drink. That's where they get all the yep. money. Having a big-time college football program um, allows them to have all these other programs. When one of the best first schools that came out and just said that right out was Stanford. Stanford said, if we can't have a college football season, we're going to start having slicing because it pays for all these other sports. Uh, Tim Dodd, nice job on Channel 10. And uh, we always enjoy uh, speaking to you. Folks, he is our uh, legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe. In Thanks, John. You we'll too. Take to care. You. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Levy. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com, as well as Facebook, preferred towing they can also you know they buy older vintage cars maybe it's from the 60s 70s maybe you have one it's been sitting in, in your garage for who knows how long the last 15 years and you keep saying you know someday i'm going to restore that but how about instead call today 
725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's preferred towing in recovery located in Lincoln, 401-725-8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at Innovast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401 431 2300. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store, 65% off all week long. 